We are back for another episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. My name is Ryan Janke, and I am joined here by Corey Litton. Hey, you lived through last week. I did. Why wouldn't I? Well, you were sick, weren't you? Oh, yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was under the weather. I was gone on uh, uh, last Friday, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 yeah no, I felt, uh, I felt... So I've got a condition called sarcoidosis. Okay. You think in making it up, I'm not. So uh, I don't know exactly what it is other than the fact that it affects different people differently it, and it attacks organs, right? Oh, okay. So like I know a, a, a friend of mine uh, suffers from it and it uh, attacks her eyes and she's actually going blind from it. Oh, that's terrible. I, I think I know of actually somebody that does have that. Okay. And, that, and that version of it too. Okay. So for me, it's my lungs. So anytime I get like a, a sore throat or a cold or anything like that, I can, not all the time, but I can get a flare up. And so that's what happened to me last week. Okay. On like last Monday or Tuesday or something like that, I had like a raw sore throat and then, uh, or maybe it was bled into Wednesday. I can't remember, but, um, I knew Thursday night I was going to be in trouble because what happens is the more I talk, the more aggravated it gets. And then I start coughing and then I do nothing but cough. So, and it's not going to get well very quickly at all. Right. So, uh, if I would have come in here, uh, I could have, I had a headache and everything. I could have, uh, powered through it, but I would have been coughing in everybody's ear all day long. Oh, no. So actually what I did on Friday, this is weird. Uh, uh, Paul Jurgens in the newsroom was chuckling at me when I told him on Friday, I didn't say a word. Like I stayed home and I was, you know, the kids were at school. My wife was at work. And so I didn't say a word. And then uh, after they came home, if I needed to c communicate with them, I texted and they talked. While they were right there? Right there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you did, so you did like uh, um, what Val Kilmer did in the most recent version of Top Gun. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh, and so uh, I did that Friday and I actually, uh, I worked here Saturday morning and I did all my newscasts live. I was worried I was going to have to record them oh. so that they could play them without me hacking on air. But I gave it a go at 6.06, and it worked, and then I kept I kept going. And, of course, I didn't talk uh, besides my newscasts. And then it got to uh, my last newscast is at 11.06 on Saturday morning, and I probably coughed for an hour straight after that. <laughs> but I uh, rested the rest of the day Saturday and Sunday, and uh, I feel a lot better. I, I'm still coughing every once in a while, but... Uh, Nothing terrible, but yeah, sarcoidosis. Look it up. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's not not something you can really just clear up with a shot or like no. a steroid shot or anything like that. No, it's not actually. Um, so it was weird. I had, uh, and this isn't why anybody called, but it's maybe kind of interesting. I um, for maybe five to ten years, every winter when it gets cold and dry. I would have this dry cough, like an old man cough, like where you right. where you have one cough that just goes until there's no air left in you at all, and then you can take a breath again. 
And so I would go into the doctor, and they're like, no, lungs sound great. Everything looks good. You're good. Well, but I'm not because I've got this cough. So this went on for a few years. And then uh, I had an early year annual checkup. And so it was fresh in my mind. Usually my annual checkup is close to my birthday, which is May 30th. And by that time, it's been over for a couple months and I don't think about it anymore. Yeah, you're like, you're, you're just at that point where you're like, get me in, get me out of here. I yep. like this place. Yeah. And so <laughs> that particular year, uh, I had my checkup early and I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to ask about this. So I ask. And he's like, well, no, everything, you know, looks good. Everything, whatever, whatever. But I tell you what, I'll get you an x-ray just to, just to see what's going on. So he sends me in for an x-ray and then I get a call. Hey, uh, come back in. And I'm like, oh boy, this is bad. So I go in and he tells me, I think this is what it is. I think it's this sarcoidosis, but, uh, uh, we, we're going to do some more testing. So they do like a CT scan and they find like nodules on my lungs and stuff. And he's like, well, I'm going to send you to a specialist. So I go to a specialist and they do a biopsy. They put a whatever down my throat. They put me out for it and, and, uh, took some snippets out and they said, yep, you got sarcoidosis. So they put me on an inhaler, but this thing, this, this, uh, medication, well, this is, I don't know how many years ago now, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, they put me on this inhaler, which was really expensive, and you had to use it twice a day, every day, and after you were done, you had to rinse really, really well, or you could get thrush. Now, if you've ever had a kid with thrush, you know what I'm talking about. You want uh, nothing not to do with that. <laughs> not yet, but I mean, one, one still does go to a daycare. Yeah. So uh, I did it for one round of the inhaler, and I was like, for this price, I can buy a lot of cough drops. <laughs> and so that's what I've done. If I get a flare up, I just go get a few bags of cough drops and it gets me through. And then for 10 months out of the year, typically I've got no problems. It's when we get deep into winter, cold and dry. That's when it can affect me. Um, but I've been fairly lucky the last couple of years. So, so uh, when we, when we label this segment, uh, when, uh, when it gets podcasted later on today on kfgo.com, mm -hmm. uh, is this called, uh, Ryan's really lengthy explanation on why he missed last week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you're you're good now. I'm good. You're good. Well, yeah. I like I said, I still got. Uh, I've got a little bit of a cough, but nothing that uh, nothing that we can't get through. Okay. So, <laughs> so with that, don't die on me today. With that, we had uh, some more racing action. I suppose you're going to sit here and gloat. So go ahead. It's time to. You know why? Because <laughs> Sunday, November fifth, the NASCAR Championship uh, was uh, was uh, contested and won at Phoenix Raceway. We had Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, and William Byron. They all set their sights on the NASCAR Championship Sunday. The Championship 4 lost one of its contenders early, though, on lap 109, as Bell suffered a brake failure, causing him to impact the turn 3 wall. That left Larson, Blaney, and Byron to fight it out for the NASCAR Championship. Uh, Blaney made several charges through the field, but ran into a roadblock late in the, in the race by the name of Ross Chastain. Roadblock. He was in the way. And uh, <laughs> several times. Blaney was able to get to the lead in lap 258, but Chastain got back around a lap later. Then uh, Kyle Busch brought out the race's final caution with 40 laps to go, bringing the entire field to the pits. Denny Hamlin led the field back to green with Eric Jones, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, William Byron, and Blaney following, and the rest of them. Um, <laughs> Chastain got to the lead immediately as Kyle Larson took second. 
Blaney was able to get by Larson with 20 laps to go for the second spot and to take the point lead. All right, so here is a cool clip that we got from our buddy Doug Lear. Uh, Doug uh, found this for us, and so uh, this kind of is a very quick encapsulation of uh, Sunday. It's time to find out who the champion of 2023 will be. William Byron, Mark Trucks Jr. Green flag is in the air. Winning is in his family's DNA, and Ryan has just crested the mountain of all wins. Ryan Blaney is a NASCAR Cup Series champion. Awesome year, man. Thank you so much. Cannot wait to celebrate with you guys. RP, congrats. Thanks for giving me a shot. Uh, Chastain took the race win, but Blaney finished second to win the NASCAR championship. Kyle Larson finished in third. William Byron finished in fourth. Your championship, uh, the championship three left, uh, finished all second, third, and fourth for that one out there. And that is Blaney's first ever championship. And uh, it is the most spectacular championship ever won in the history of NASCAR. (laughs) Sure it is. (laughs) <laughs> so the finish, uh, first Ross Chastain, then Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, William Byron were two, three, and four, and Chris Busher picked up the fifth spot for the finish. The final points shake out like this. Like you said, Ryan Blaney was the champion. Yes! Is, is the champion. Uh, Kyle Larson in second. He finished one point back. Uh, William Byron, three points back in third, uh, fourth uh, Christopher Bell, 34 points back, and Ross Chastain uh, finished in the ninth spot. 2,736 points back. Well, that you made that number up. <laughs> no, that is. That's according to the app. <laughs> that I, I typed this up at 4 o'clock this morning. I can tell you for a fact it was on there. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Congratulations. I get a whole year of this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so yeah, there it is. That wraps up our uh, 2023 NASCAR season. All right after that, you know, we move on to the World of Outlaws. They also crowned their champion this last weekend. And man, there's going to be some uh, shakeup news coming here in just a little bit about what may be affecting the World of Outlaws this year. Okay. Uh, Thursday, November 2nd through Saturday, November 4th was the World Finals at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, the sprint cars went like this Thursday night. David Gravel picked up the win on opening night of the World Finals, the 12th win of the year for Gravel, 88th of his career. Rico Abreu and Carson Macedo rounded out the podium. Point leader Brad Sweet finished in fourth, which allowed to cut, allowed Gravel to cut the point lead to 42 points. J-Mac James McFadden passed 20 cars to finish in the sixth spot out there. Quite the, uh, quite the run out there. And Donnie Schatz passed 11 cars to finish in 10th. So Donnie's pretty good at when he needs to pass cars. Mm-hmm. I, I I will put it up put it up there and say that he's pretty much the best person in traffic to ever drive a sprint car. So uh, yeah, if he starts in in the back of the pack, he will pass a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, hopefully now he'll be passing all of them. Uh, Friday, Brent Marks and Sunshine Tyler Courtney battled hard at the front of the pack from the drop of the green flag just as Justin Peck closed in. This was all upset city for this one. (laughs) Uh, I think the only time I've been talking about Justin Peck during this was when he was bringing out a caution flag. And I think I was reusing an old uh, uh, Norm MacDonald bit with him. (laughs) You guessed it, Justin Peck. But uh, Peck and Marks traded sliders in traffic as the laps wound down. But it would be Marks getting the win over Peck by just... Uh, 0.113 at the line. Tyler Courtney held on for the uh, second spot, or third spot, excuse me. Uh, Point leader Brad Sweet finished in fourth, and David Gravel finished in sixth, making the margin uh, for the points 
uh, 46 points going into the final night. Donnie Schatz caught an infield tire in the heat race, causing a DNF. Schatz finished one spot out of the transfer spot in the C main, but was able to use a provisional to get into the A main, where he passed 12 cars Man, to finish in the 13th position. Moving on to Saturday, David Gravel needed to win on uh, that night, to, uh, to uh, and Brad Sweet had to finish in 23rd. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> and that would be to win the World of Outlaw Championship. But drama would unfold early as David Gravel dropped out of heat race number one with motor trouble. Gravel re- rebounded to win the last chance dash, uh, make his way up to that in winning the last ta- chance dash. Brad Sweet, on the other hand, won heat race number four, made it pretty easy for him to start the day. And then he got second in the dash, putting him in the front row. There you go. Rico Abreu would charge up to the lead on the eighth lap in the A main. Brent Marks would come uh, become a factor at the midway point, which allowed Brad Sweet to close in as well. Sweet closed in on Abreu in the last five laps. Abreu got held up by a slower car in the white flag lap, which allowed Sweet to earn his 90th outlaw win for the first time at the dirt track at um, Mo- uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway also. This was first one at Charlotte and his 90th win overall, uh, while also clinching his fifth straight World of Outlaws championship. That seems like five in a row. Yes. <laughs> five years in a row. Where can you go from here? We'll answer that question a little bit later. Uh, Abreu held on for second while Logan Schuhart finished in third. Gravel charged up to a seventh place finish and Donnie Schatz finished in the 13th. They also, uh, one of the cool things about this, the world finals, Mm-hmm. It's a full night of racing with three different classes of cars. One of those other ones, oh yeah, the World of Outlaw Late Models. I've heard of them. Um, our our good buddy uh, Ruben Morales, their announcer, uh, got to uh, call his first ever World Finals. So cool. I'm real proud of him. Uh, Thursday night, the Winfield Warrior Mike Marler sub- debuted a brand new car and a brand new team in style by winning uh, night number one with Chris Smokey Madden finishing in second and Big Sexy Brandon Overton finishing in third. On Friday, it was RTJ's turn. Well, he took a couple of them, but uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. was able to get the lead from Chris Madden just past the halfway point as the leaders battled into traffic to earn his third Outlaws win. Dale McDowell would take second with two laps to go, and Madden would finish in third. Bobby Pierce would clinch the championship that night. He he pretty much had it the night before, but yeah, he just needed yeah. to Official. Make, make sure his shoes were tied correctly <laughs> to win on, on uh, Friday night. Then on Saturday, just as quickly as RTJ earned his third outlaw win, he sliced his way through the field to earn his fourth win of his young late model career. Night number one winner Mike Marler finished in second, and Chris Madden just always in the top three uh, throughout this whole thing. Uh, he finished in the third spot. Uh, then we move on to uh, the, the the Super Dirt Car Series Big Block Modifieds. Have you ever seen those before? No. Um, they kind of, they're, they're kind of like if you take a sprint car wing and make the body of a car out of it, basically. Really? It's, um, uh, yeah, it, it's tough to really describe. They're open wheel in the front. It's like the old okay. super modifieds, but your center seat. So you sit right in the, directly in the middle of the car. Okay. And, um, yeah, the whole decking and everything like that basically turns into a wing on the side and then you have mm. two side panels for door or that are the doors. So they're, they're interesting looking. They look evil to drive, and <laughs> like they, they look, uh, but they look fun. Uh, yeah. Everybody that I've have been around in the, I mean, they're they're basically just Eastern big block modifieds, they, kind of the Northeast area is okay. where they where they've been where they where they're popular. Um, they don't really have a lot of races uh, around this area, so everybody that I know of that's that are involved in racing, they really have a they really they look at that going this look that looks kind of fun. <laughs> 
wide tires and everything too. Sure. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool looking. Uh, Thursday it was uh, Matt Shepard who uh, he was able to get get past Matt Williamson in traffic late in the big block modified main event and held on for the win. Demetrios Drellos finished in second and Matt Williamson finished in third. Tim Fuller on Friday got the lead from Anthony Perigo with five laps to go uh, to get the lead and uh, win his fourth win of the season at the dirt track, uh, fourth win at the dirt track in Charlotte. Excuse me. Matt Williamson finished in second. Perigo finished in third. And with his fifth place finish, Matt Shepard clinched the Super Dirt Car Series Championship. Saturday, and I believe that was his ninth one also. Really? Record tying ninth one. Uh, Saturday, with all the championship pressure off, Super Matt Shepard took off at the lead and never looked back. Uh, he uh, picked up his fifth win of the year. Jimmy Phelps and Matt Williamson rounded out the podium, and that that uh, that rounds out the World Finals. There it is, World of Outlaws. Yeah, but now they're done. They're 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 done till like February. So we got a long <laughs> off season, a little bit of time, <laughs> two months. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, so you talked earlier, big announcement. That's right. The High Limit Series had a big, several big announcements this last week. Um, one of them, of course, being they have acquired the All-Stars. We talked about that a little bit. But uh, yesterday, the co-owners of the High Limit Sprint Car Series, Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, they were joined by Phil Wendler from Flow Sports to answer questions about the upcoming 2024 season. Here are some of the highlights that they went over. They're going to change the name uh, to High Limit Racing. Okay. Uh, they're looking at a 50 plus high pay. Uh, uh, they're looking at least at 50 plus high paying races this year. That's up from the 12 weekly races they had this last year. Oh, um, uh, it's a five million dollar in. Uh, they have five million dollars in purse money this year. Nice. Um, midweek money series still remains, and that's the one that we were talking about. Okay. So they're but they are going to be racing some weekends. They are going to you know leave the the uh, crown jewel races alone okay from the world of outlaws because they want to you know they still respect the history of the sport and, sure you know if those races still thrive even when they take over <laughs> sprint car racing with these these uh, ambitious plans here um yeah they want those I, I i would really like that to if i were in the business of acquiring or destroying my competition i'd <laughs> want their big races to be still big yeah uh, that way you get to keep all the crown jewels um, Eldora, Port Royal, Skagit, Silver Dollar, Lakeside, Eagle, East Bay. That's one of my favorite ones right there. And Portsmouth have all committed to this season for uh, big races out there. Sweet. And uh, so far, two events have been announced in conjunction with NASCAR races. The uh, NASCAR, or the Texas race in April, and the other one will be the Lakeside Speedway, which is eight miles from the Kansas Speedway in May. So they're trying to make it so that Larson can race both. Sure. And this is an idea that I've, it just makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you want to be running one of your big races near one of these NASCAR races? Yeah. Plus you got the fans there. You've got the drivers there. You can snag some people. I mean, SMI properties, they have uh, two or three racetracks, Charlotte, uh, Texas, and Vegas Mm -hmm. all have dirt tracks. Yep. And they sit unused for the most part. Oh, by the way, and yeah, they're adding Texas back, so Texas will be back. It's a 12,000-seat venue on a really nice-shaped racetrack and a fun one to play on the video game, too, by the way. 
Um, <laughs> multiple event, events will be in conjunction also with the Lucas Oil late models. Okay. Another idea that just makes total sense. Flow Racing has the broadcasting rights to Lucas Oil late models. So, and they also have it for the High Limit Series. So why not put them together? Do it. Um, yeah, you're combining audiences. And, and yes, for the most part, you're going to be sharing some of uh, the same fans. So it's not like you're going to add 5 million to one to 5 million to the other. You're going to add, you know, maybe two or three extra. Yep. But you know, not saying that that's what they draw every week. I don't know their numbers. I'd like to see them released. But um, <laughs> uh, and I, I think that's just a great idea because it's going to combine both late model and sprint car fans. Yep. And that'll just give them bigger audiences. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. You've got everybody right there. Right. Uh, the series will not penalize drivers for racing in different series. That's good. Which I think is a fantastic one. Um, one of the things that I've always, I've have, I have several gripes about the world of outlaws and the way that they do their business. Okay. Um, one of the things uh, is that you can only race, I think, four races with a different series throughout the whole year. Um, otherwise, you will not get the the points fund that they're going to give out. You could race the whole year with the world of yeah, outlaws. It seems silly. But if you if you race five races with with uh, the high limits or or just even five races from a different series altogether, nope, mm-hmm. you're not getting the points. You're nope. not getting your points fund, nothing huh. like that. You're also not allowed to sell your merchandise on the grounds at a lot of these events. Um, one of them that really aggravated me was a couple years ago, Ryan Timms got the, he became the youngest world of outlaws or driver in the world of outlaws mm-hmm. to score a podium finish at the Red River Valley Speedway. They came to his trailer and told him, you can't sell your shirts after this race is done. And there were people lined up everywhere. That's crazy. He had, it was a, it was a mob scene. It was, it was Beatlemania out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was big. And, and uh, yeah, the officials came over and told him, shut your trailer down. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's not going to be an issue here that's with good. the high limit series. Oh, and Brad Sweet's going to jump from the World of Outlaws to High Limit Racing full-time next year. What? Yep. He's going to race the entire schedule. He does wow. co-own it, so, I mean, he's going to be there anyways. But sure. he is now done as World of Outlaws champion. He's pretty mu- It's pretty much now up for grabs. Uh, who's going to be the champion next year? But the thing that's going to be interesting is who's going to stay? Mm-hmm. Who, or are the Outlaws going to do the same thing and say, you know what, we're going to waive that now? Yeah, they would be, maybe they'd be smart to do that. Yep, but we'll see. Yeah, it well, yeah. it's and this is good. Competition is good. It is. Uh, it, this kind of reminds me of, uh, and I hate the. Oh, I, I shouldn't say I hate it, but I know a lot of people hate that I bring it back to wrestling. Mm-hmm. But remember when WCW started hiring big talent away from WWF? Yep. At the time, mm-hmm. and like uh, when they got um, Scott Hall came in first, yep. and then Kevin Nash came in, and. Yep. Then uh, between them and they picked up with uh, Hogan and everybody and became the NWO and they became huge. Yep. This is the this has the potential of becoming eighty three weeks of getting beat by yeah. you know by uh <laughs> yeah by by the high limit series. Yeah, competition so. is good. Those were the those were the uh, the uh, those were the go- greatest days. They were yeah they were. It it forced everybody to up their game and so hopefully this is what happens here too. Yeah. All right. Well, excellent. Big news. Thanks for bringing that. You also brought an interview. That's right. Interview. That's right. We had a chance to uh, talk with Ty Wilkie last week while you were uh, on the uh, while you're in in the hospital on the Fritz. Yeah, (laughs) getting fixed up. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a chance to, to speak to someone else who is uh, who also has been uh, experiencing some health issues this last year. But uh, we have a lot of great news, and we'll talk about it right here on Winterviews. So we've caught up with Ty Wilkie, driving the number seventy-two uh, a, a sprint car, a race saver sprint car, mainly in the Red River Sprint Series. Uh, Ty Wilkie, how you been doing? Pretty good. How about you? Well, uh, not not so bad. Um, yeah. let's start off with, you know, how your year went, you kind of, kind of jumped out of the gate pretty quickly. Um, and then, uh, Andy Pate kind of caught up with you and then all of a sudden you finished the season pretty strong. Just, just kind of talk about it. I mean, the beginning of the year, I mean, uh, how great was it just, uh, right away, just get good right away at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We just, we got our setups down right away and, uh, after the year carried on, we had and Andy and a lot of other people started catching on, and they got their they took their notes, and we were trying to falling behind on our notes, so we kind of struggled. And then at the end of the year, we started having motor issues and stuff like that. So didn't really go as planned, but it still uh, I had enough points to where I could just finish a couple of races to capture it off. And you mentioned Andy Pake right there. Uh, yeah, he kind of picked it up towards the middle of the year. You guys had a, had quite the good rivalry going on uh, this this season. You know, how much did Andy Pake kind of push you to really really get that car going a lot faster? Oh, he he pushed quite a bit. You know, he he's been really fast. Uh, so I had we had a we were trying we were struggling with our notes there. So I mean, I don't know. He he's he's. Him and his dad, they both are, uh, they're a pretty good duo and hard to beat. So they know what they're doing and they're, they're good. <laughs> yeah. Andy's, Andy's dad, Brad, was quite the hot shoe in the sprint car class back in the day, too. So, uh, so kind of going into this, I mean, you're, you're basically a first generation racer in the, in the sprint car class. You know, how, how cool is it that you're kind of paving your, your own way, basically, along with, you know, even obviously have some help with your, from your family and everything too but i mean you you get to be like a, the first generation of your family that gets to do something like this yeah it feels good you know there's a lot of uh people who have been doing it for i don't know how many years for a, a while and it feels good that uh well my dad used to race back in the day for a little bit too but he he i don't know I, I don't know how much he really raced though and uh yeah it feels good you know to finally uh get a series win with for the family too so yeah yeah that's that's pretty uh pretty cool what you got to do with that one um yeah and uh we'll, we'll move on a little bit here though you recently had a little bit of a health issue and the health scare out here kind of just talk us through you know what happened to you so saturday i was staying at uh casey's my girlfriend's place and you know that I I was just laying in bed and I uh, got I got up and I was started sweating and I uh, went to the bathroom and I got one of all when I got up I couldn't walk on my right leg it it just went limp mode basically so I got went to the bathroom I was uh, puking and I had diarrhea and I didn't know what the hell was going on or sorry I didn't know what was going on and uh so I. My mom, my mom came and picked me up Monday, and uh, we went to the ER and DL, and I told them that I, I basically had uh headaches and uh, uh, and then I had a 
they seen I had a, a history of bloody noses. So I, uh, they wanted to do a CT scan right away. And that's where they found that I had AVM, which is a malformation of blood vessels and uh, arteries in my brain. So when, and it, yeah, and I had a brain bleed right away. So then uh, we went to the ER or they flew me to the ER in uh, Fargo at Essential uh, Health and they basically got me in and they put a brain in my head or, or a drain in my head. So that's where that all started and basically been going on for about a month. So, yeah. And so they really caught that at the right moment, didn't they? Exactly. I mean, if. If they didn't do that CT scan, I'm, I'd probably be lucky if I'm standing right now. So it, it was it was a close call, and basically it uh it, it had ruptured. So which what was that's too much pressure in my brain. So yeah. Oh wow. Yep. So, so uh, you know, obviously having this, you're it was something you're pretty much born with, right? Uh yeah, pretty much. I mean. Every, every basically every everybody's born with it but i it, it it's just it, it's a rare i mean i guess it's pretty rare because it some people's i mean they don't rupture all everyone's don't rupture if everyone's ruptured we'd all probably be running down right now to far to uh mail and getting it done so okay. not everyone's really ruptures but mine had ruptured <laughs> Oh, wow. It, it, so obviously, I mean, this isn't, you know, some of the questions that have been asked to me, uh, uh, you know, personally, people that have been kind of wondering what's going on. This yeah. is not not something that happened because of a racing incident or anything like that. No, no, it was nothing to do with racing. It just it was a freak thing. Basically, it, it just happened when it wanted to. Basically, <laughs> I'm glad it happened on the off season of racing, though. That's what I'm more uh, happy about. <laughs> So that brings me up to my uh, next question here. Uh, uh, and also, I mean, a lot of people have been asking me this question as well. It, it's, uh, are you going to be able to make a complete recovery and uh, will you be able to race again? Yes, I'm pretty sure I will be. I think I'll be, I'm, I'll be a hundred percent. So I'm cured and I'll be, I'll be ready to go <laughs> by May. <laughs> is, is that your mom talking in the background right now? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Julie. <laughs> yeah um, he's helping me making sure i don't forget anything <laughs> well you're doing a really good job so far here in this interview yeah. we really appreciate you taking time with us on this yes, one yes no problem um, so what's the what's the time frame looking like here for your recovery what kind of uh what kind of more uh, do you have a lot more uh appointments and stuff to get to a lot of checkups and everything so i have one coming up in november 9th and 10th i believe don't the 10th 17th phone call. 10th and then the 17th i have a phone call but the 10th i'll be getting my staples and stitches out of my head and then uh i have a phone call on the 17th that i will be doing with a neurosurgeon in the mail for uh i think his name's uh fernando yeah okay um so what kind of things have they really given you to to do if if there's anything at all other than resting or anything like that to kind of improve your your health uh, through this whole thing. I mean, I've been doing everything like I used to do. So I, I mean, they told me I did just slow it down a little bit. But other than that, I mean, I've, I, I mean, no exercises, no nothing. I mean, I, it's 
I'm back to my normal self, basically, <laughs> just other than checkups and stuff like that. So, well, I know that's that's uh, you know coming you know straight from me here. That's uh, really awesome to hear. I mean, yeah. I, it, it's oh, it's always been a treat to get to see you know you progress. I've watched you since you got into go karts when you're just a a, a little fella. And uh, watching you progress to getting up into this, and you're you're a good kid too, you know, along with this. So yeah, I'm glad to see that everything is going to be okay. Yeah, it definitely feels good. Everything will be okay after that. That was it wasn't going in my favor. And yesterday I had a chest pain, and I didn't know if it was going to uh, had something to do with my brain. So it, it just does not want to give me a break. So yeah. <laughs> that's another side of this that i guess i really really didn't even think about till now uh you know it's the psychological factor in this whole thing too it's like yeah i mean you you had a moment there where i mean you you had a chance to have a brush with death and yeah it, or you know i mean this could have been that bad it, it had you not not go and check it so yeah. i mean yeah, well, what is it like now? I mean, is every, is, is everything now, like, uh, do you, are you afraid of every little thing that happens to you, like a stub toe? It's like, oh, should I go in now or, st <laughs> yeah, or oh, yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, even little stuff like that. I mean, you still get nervous if, you know, you got blood vessels almost all over and veins all over your body, and that's what basically had happened in my brain. So if there's something like that that uh, happens, I'm definitely going to get nervous. So uh, what do you get to do right now, uh, you know, sitting and waiting for the racing season to start right now, I guess, basically, and, and your recovery on this whole thing? What what are you really allowed to do, and do you, do you get to work or anything like that? No, I don't. Not not yet. I'm still working on my uh, Class A to drive truck for my parents, but uh, they don't really want me driving for a while. Uh, I I mean, I, I'll find I'll find out on the seventeenth if I can drive or not. But uh, yeah, I'm basically just sitting at home. I'm a lone wolf at home, so <laughs> other than my mom and just chilling out. <laughs> so oh, okay, so I um uh, yeah, that pretty much answers all the questions that I got for you right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you having any lingering effects right now, or is it just pretty much uh, just just resting? Uh, no, not really. It's, I mean, I, I mean, I can, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess just that, I suppose. <laughs> I don't have really no lingering issues. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and that's, that's another great thing to hear. Uh, Julie, yeah. do you have any, do you have anything else to add? Since oh. I can hear you in the background. <laughs> yeah. He's just got one major appointment that he gets to see his main surgeon is Ronaldo. He'll be seeing him in November or uh, January 9th. So that'll be the final step in, in all of what he's doing. And he should, he has to have an MRI that morning and then see that doctor. And then he'll find out what all they want him to be doing on the 17th. He has a CT scan on the 10th and then they go by that. And so, which he ended up having one last night. So it looks pretty good. So <laughs> we know that much right now, but. Yeah, okay. that's about all. So he should be pretty much in the clear. Ronaldo said when we left that he's completely healed. I mean, he he got everything. It'll never come back again. He'll never have that in his brain again. That part, what happened? They, it's gone. And he has a he's hundred percent cured of that. 
and then he'll make a hundred percent recovery. He said, so it's just time. So that's, that's terrific. news right there. Uh, he's, uh, he's done extremely welcome from what I, my, my perspective, because I, he's, he's wanting to do a lot more than he, than he is supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a young, he's a young, young man here yet. He's, it's probably, it's pretty tough to probably keep him uh, slowed down pretty much. Well, yeah, I know the non driving, but of course he's kind of made a couple treks around the lake. Yeah, I don't, I can't keep him cooped up forever. <laughs> I gotta get out and get some air. So, <laughs> and how are you holding up in this whole situation too? Oh, good, really good. I, <laughs> I was lucky enough to have a little bit of time to myself when we were at the Mayo. Travis came home, and I stayed. And some of my nights, I had some release time, but. I, I've been good. I was strong. I had to be strong for him though. So that's, that's where I am. <laughs> it's hard, 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 hard to watch your child go through this. Yeah. I, 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 I would want to take this pain away. Oh, I oh, wish yeah. it was me in there versus him. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're a good mother and of course. So, I mean, especially with that, that, that kind of mentality right there. Uh, is there anybody like you, uh, the two of you would like to say any, anything to, uh, or like any thank yous or anything like that you'd like to give out? Yes. Uh, so basically if it wasn't for everyone in the prayers, I'd, I don't think I could have been, uh, where I'm at now. I can't thank everyone who prayed for me enough to get through this. It, I appreciate it. So from everyone. So, yeah, yeah, that was probably the most uplifting is to I, I I bring I my posts and let him go through the and read them, and that really really brightened his day and made him strong. So we thank everybody everybody that was supporting us because it was without it it would have been really tough. <laughs> and I know personally uh, from from being at a lot of the racetracks uh, since that happened or a couple of racetracks since that happened. I know a lot of people were asking questions. A lot of people were sending their best wishes and everything too. So uh, we just just like to make sure to, that that keeps getting relayed to you as well. And uh, we're all we're all pulling for you and we're hoping for a complete and full recovery. And you're back to being tie in no time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'll be uh, getting back in the legend this year. So I go to Dakota Legends because they they really, really went above and beyond and and i think everybody out that way because it was pretty pretty uplifting uh, all right uh ty and uh and uh also a special uh surprise guest julie thank you for taking some time with us here today on on checkers and records victory lap we really appreciate it and uh get well soon buddy we'll see you we'll see you at the beginning of the season all righty thank you thank Thanks. you yeah And that was a real good, uh, good talk again. I uh, really appreciate Ty for jumping in here. He did kind of mention to me after we recorded that interview that he would like to thank another, another person he forgot to mention in there too. Uh, Chad Speaker from Graphic Creations who helped out, came up with the uh, Wilkie Strong uh, sticker design and distributed those. So like he'd like to really thank uh, Chad Speaker for that too as well. Nice and Ty, thanks for taking the time with us. Uh, moving along, Formula One, we got some news there. Yeah, uh, the news is Max Verstappen won. Um, 
<laughs> 17th time this year, Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton rounded out the uh, podium. The win brings Verstappen's winning percentage up to a ridiculous 85% Nuts. with two races to go. <laughs> wonder he, if he's got a chance. He can't do any less than win 80% of the races so far this year, from what I, I, I did for my quick math. But uh, for what's next for them? Sunday, November 18th, that'll be the uh, United States Grand Prix in Las Vegas, the streets of Las Vegas. And I'm telling you what, there's a lot of buzz around this. A lot of the people in Vegas are loving all the all this uh, stuff going on. Yeah. So th- this is a street race similar to what they do in Chicago for NASCAR? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and by loving this, a lot of the people in Vegas are hating it, actually. <laughs> well, uh, where are they? Do you know what the route is? They're not They're not driving down the strip. Or I, don't, I think they are using the strip as are. part of it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can see where they're hating it then. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they're losing money. Yeah. Because they had to, you know, there's a lot of construction that had to go to make this, you know, yeah. safe yep. and raceable. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting race, and I'm definitely going to be watching it because, well, there's no NASCAR this weekend. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay, uh, moving along, speaking of Las Vegas. Yeah, we had some uh, locals racing down at the uh, the Duel in the Desert at the dirt track at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That was Thursday, November 2nd through Saturday, November 4th. This is week number one. They're going to be racing again this weekend, too. Uh, so we had some locals down there. Botnodes, Gabe Deshoff on victory, uh, found himself in victory lane twice last week. Uh, first, it was in the B Mods in the A Main. This was a Thursday night event, of course, uh, uh, Thursday night, he won uh, in the B mods in the A main, and lastly in the stock car main event. Uh, other drivers who took on the B mod division in the A main were uh, Fargo, North Dakota, by the way, of Pahrump, Nevada's Colin Hibden, who finished in the fourth spot, Williston's Brady Biella, who finished 28th, and Minot's Jesse Long, who finished in 30th. In the modifieds, Cody Laney took A main number one. Brady Biella came up through the B main and passed 11 cars to finish 14th. Minot Spencer Wilson finished in 24th. Jake Pike took the uh, the A main uh, victory number two. Uh, Colin Hibden finished in 23rd. Chris Tookshire did not qualify after finishing six in B main at number three. Okay. Friday night, Ricky Alvarado was able to get the win, the weekend warrior uh, in the modified A main number one over Eddie Bellick and Ethan Braxima. And Austin Cool won in uh, modified main number two over the animal Jeff Taylor and Colin Hibden. Who, fin- who was plus 16 cars to finish in third, by the way. He was doing some passing. <laughs> when that kid gets that car rolling, he's pretty good. Uh, Spencer Wilson passed seven cars to finish in the fourth spot. Chris Tookshire passed 13 cars to finish 13th, and Brady Biella finished in the 20th spot. Brady Biella's fortune reversed, though, as he got the win in the B-mods over Ryan Peary and Chris McKellar. Minot's Jesse Long passed 12 cars to finish in the 14th spot. And in the stock cars, it was Dylan Thornton who got the win over Cole Zarneski and Kevin Roberts. On Saturday, Austin Cool he uh, he earned the big check in the Modifieds over Ricky Alvarado and Jeff Taylor in the Modifieds. Uh, then it was Colin Hibden who finished in 10th. Spencer Wilson finished in 17th. Colin Hibden took the B-Mod win, though, over Brady Biella and Adam Baker. Colin Hibden's B-Mod, by the way, mm-hmm. it was painted up like uh, uh, Lightning McQueen's. Really? And That's... It was pretty fun. It that was pretty is... fun to watch. That's neat. He's pretty fast. Uh, Gabe Deshaw finished in the seventh spot, and it was Dylan Thornton taking the stock car win over Zane DeVilbus and BJ Wild. Gabe Deshaw had some tough luck in that race, though, and finished in the 17th spot. And like we mentioned already, Thursday, November 9th uh, through Saturday, November 11th, the Duel in the Desert week number two, and that'll be live on XR. Sweet. What else could happen? 
<laughs> well, Friday, November 10th through uh, Saturday, November 11th, Legends Dirt Nationals in Fay- the Fayetteville Motor Speedway, Fayetteville, North Carolina, live on speedsport.tv, um, as well as a couple other uh, streaming pro uh, profiles or programs that they have on speedsport TV. Um, we have this is an event that actually has happened out here at the Red River Valley Speedway many years ago. Um, so it's nice to see a lot of our local drivers go out there and support it while it's out in North Carolina. Local drivers Preston Martin, uh, King Evan Hendrickson, Scotty Richardson, Alex Brasseth, Ryan Brasseth, Glenn Mitchell, uh, Michael King, Gage Madler, Noah Madler, Cody Mackart, Ty, and Ty Olson. They're all pre-entered to do battle with the best on dirt in the Legends division. And like I said, that will be Friday, November 10th and Saturday, November 11th on speedsport.tv. All right. Well, there you go. Full episode jam-packed. Thank you to Ty Wilkie. Thanks to you, Corey, uh, for, uh, well, we're we're moving along. Things are obviously slowing down, but uh, we've got stuff to talk about yet. Yes, we do. Um, you know, we're bringing back a lot of the bits. Yeah. <laughs> Since it's off season, I've done a lot of work uh, throughout this year uh, to uh, do some write-ups on some vi- on, on some movies based on racing, and I've been finding a lot of them, and still finding more of them, more and more as we go. Um, so I'm going to give I, I'm going to give this two weeks. I'm giving everybody. Okay. Everybody a, an assignment, and I want everybody to watch the first four movies that were that were uh, the Herbie movies, the Love okay. Bug movies. So starting <laughs> with the Love Bug, that's the first one. Okay. Then it's Herbie Rides Again. Okay. Then it's Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, and Herbie Goes Bananas. Okay. Those are the first four. All right. Those are somewhat racing related. I mean, a couple of them are really good, really racing related. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, okay? And you can find them all on Disney Plus. So if you have that, it, it should be easy to to stream. Okay, there you go. Got two weeks. All right, that wraps it up for another episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. Again, you can find this anywhere you find your podcasts. I don't have to name them all. If you're podcasting, you know where they're at. But most importantly, you can go to kfgo.com or the all new updated KFGO app. So for Corey Litton, I'm Ryan Janke. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap.